0: You're listening to the Underscore Transformation Podcast, your practical guide to business transformation.
1: Welcome to the Underscore Transformation Podcast. My name's Jason West. And my name's Joe Wales. And together we're the founders of Underscore. In season two, we're focusing on implementation and the challenges that surround designing, building and testing your business transformation. In today's episode, we're discussing architecting your solution, the deliberate act of setting out changes to processes, systems, and people to meet an agreed set of objectives. So, Joe,
0: where do we start? (laughs) Where do we start? Well, um, before uh, you do any detailed design, um, you've got to really um, have defined what your destination, where your destination is, and, yeah. what, and we've talked about this in a, a previous season, actually. Yes, in, a, in um, quite a few episodes. Yes, in, in quite a few episodes. few episodes, yeah. You know, what's your vision? What yeah. are your your objectives? And they are front and centre. Of what you're trying to achieve, uh, you mustn't sort of lose sight of that when you've got a nice new shiny machine or a new shiny system in front of you that you're now trying to sort of make configuration and, and system changes. Yeah. So you've got to remember what was the uh, the, the reason, um, the rationale for for the transformation you're trying to execute and design principles we talked about as well, wasn't it? Yes. Making sure that they're they they are well defined and agreed. Uh, before you start um, getting your hands dirty and uh, playing playing with systems, yeah, and I agree what 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 the problem is that you're trying mm-hmm. to solve before you start designing things. Yes, don't don't do things in dark rooms, isn't it? Don't yes. don't go into a dark room making a series of design decisions that affect um, just you. So, which is a, a mistake that many organisations make, isn't it? When they, they they've got a system in front of you, they try to to get the system um, or they try to make changes to business processes that impact just their function instead of it instead of looking what business problems we're trying to solve
1: yeah absolutely and and once you're really clear about what it is you're you're actually trying to fix here Mm. before you get into the detailed design of new processes new systems new team structures all that sort of stuff then you really need to have defined that high level solution design that blueprint of of what it is you're going to change so being clear we're going to make changes to these strategies, Mm. these policies, these processes, these elements of systems, these Mm. ways of working, these team structures, and all that needs to have been well documented and signed off Mm. as as part of the scoping phase of of your program. But if you don't have these things in place, please don't rush into doing a whole load of detailed design before you've really thought about it, because it's going to cause you problems. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like Trying to design on the fly, yeah. Uh, you know, if you were building a house, it would, would be a bit like it wouldn't start with a roof. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you wouldn't be pouring foundations before you'd designed anything on a bit of paper. Yeah. No, exactly. Um, or yeah. if you've watched grand designs, then sometimes and you do. It you turns might. out. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, they still achieve great houses and great outcomes, but yeah, they're, they're not all the, the the couples aren't often married at the no, end of it, though, no. are they? So. Um, the the other the other thing is actually with um with especially with cloud technology um actually on premise technology force they force you to to think about this right up front mm-hmm. because they, they you've got one probably one opportunity to get it right with with cloud technology it's slightly different isn't it because they they have this sort of um, concept of of prototyping and an iterative design yes. that, that that gives you the perception that it's okay to get it wrong the first time you know let's just design let's do some iterations of design a little bit like agile thinking agile methodology yeah uh, but actually the reality is you've got to have done don't you don't think don't be misguided that actually you're going to have lots and lots of opportunities to 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 make a, a whole set of design decisions because you you're not um you've got to have done all of this work right up front what is your end state and your iterative design is just to 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 refine the elements of that original sort of thinking, they don't quite work. Yes, yeah. It's not an opportunity to continually redesign something as your stakeholders get involved and start asking you difficult questions about the design decisions you've made. Yes,
1: yeah, and you you need to have quite a lot of clarity as you go into those sessions around... Your structure, your operating mm. model. Who's uh,
0: going to do what? He's, yes, yeah, yeah
1: absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, are we going to have shared services yeah. in every country, or yeah. is it going to be regional, or is it going to be you know a global mm. central shared service? Yeah. Uh, it, it, will it exist at all? Um, and being clear about the the data structures that underpin uh, the the processes and the systems. If you haven't done that thinking before you get into a, mm. a room and start designing systems, uh, yeah, you you're going to have a lot of problems. The the other thing, and uh, I'm I'm highly aware that we've we've become guilty of it ourselves. Don't rush into designing systems. <laughs> so we're talking about systems <laughs> on a podcast, it turns out, yeah, you know, this is much much broader, but it's really natural given the amount of complexity yeah. and money that's being mm. spent on putting in a nice bright shiny new system that your process owners your program team just become fixated on the technology and forget all that end-to-end you know the processes the work instructions the the changes in Mm. people's roles all all this really important stuff
0: yeah transformation is much broader isn't it transformation i mean the the technology piece can be a catalyst for it without doubt But actually, this is much broader. It's changing hearts and minds, changing ways of working, changing cultures around the organization. So this is not just about getting into that room and... and playing about with some switches on systems
1: yeah so let's assume for now that your Mm. blueprints your plans they're all in good shape they've all been really well thought through they've been signed off as part of your your final investment decision before you you got to this stage or your 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 start of implementation then you know surely you must be ready to get started now aren't
0: you yeah yeah but where's the budget Uh, (laughs) Ah, yeah where's the cash yes um so yeah, you, you need to um, to look at your business case. So you're now ready to go, um, and pick up the business case. What's where, where's the investment decision came from, and what benefits are you were, you were stipulated and outlined in that business case? So again, we talked an awful lot about business case in previous in our previous season, in an episode in the previous season. So. Dust that off again. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, it wouldn't have been too long ago um, be- between business case being signed off and you being in this position to be to, to start architecting your your future state. Yes. Um, dust that off again and put those benefits front and center of your design thinking. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And really make sure that the the team members, the process owners, your design authority, those people accountable for making design mm. decisions, are absolutely aware of the benefits that they need to deliver as part of their solution design
0: yeah.
1: And yeah i think it's got to be part of that kickoff meeting that you have that initial kickoff meeting with the program team mm. the that you you describe to them the the business case you you hopefully you just reiterate it you know they mm. should have had a lot of input to this business case up to this point but you, you need to really def- describe it to them again and in that meeting assign mm. benefits to process owners be really mm.
0: clear you know yeah, you're yeah.
1: accountable for delivering these improvements in order to cash or yeah whatever it might be, the yeah. the recruitment process, whatever, yeah. whatever those key metrics are that are driving the
0: the benefits that you've promised to the exec. Yeah. Make make people accountable, accountable for them. them. Yeah, yeah. I mean process ownership in itself is a whole uh, is a whole different ballgame, isn't it? You know, that is so, so important. Yeah. Ambiguity in a project about who's accountable for delivering a certain outcome, um, not just at the program level, but down at um, process level. Yes. It, it is clear. It, 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 you have to have clarity around, uh, around that because we, ambiguity, ambiguity in it will, will cause you problems.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And... Uh, that's at kind of the process level you touched on the program level you you really do need to make sure you've got an individual who's accountable to the sponsor for the overall delivery of the yeah. business case yeah uh, those right. business
0: benefits yeah, that program leads that um, yeah. the person that's going to you know, work work alongside a program manager a program director yeah um, that's going to be ultimately accountable for for, for embedding that transformation across the various sort of work streams whatever yes Um, and it's going to be accountable for for the the outcome of 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 that transformation yeah it's that permanent member of staff yeah and and they
1: really do need to be a permanent permanent. member of staff it's it's uh you know on your payroll rather than an external consultant or contractor that you bring in to do this and they, they need to attend every single design session. They need to be in those playback sessions. Mm. They need to be heavily involved in testing. Uh, and they're there to really ensure that the processes, the systems, and the, the people elements of the change mm. have been well designed and they're going to meet the required benefits. Mm. That they, they need to live and breathe the business case. Mm. They need to represent it in, into the program. Um, but some of the challenge around that is that they they don't necessarily all have a broad spectrum of experience of other organizations, the people mm. in these kind of transformation lead roles. Um, so they might have a, a reasonable view of what what good practice looks like, um, mm. but maybe not. Yeah. Um, and in a lot of cases they could well be new to this whole approach of architecting, of design, uh, and being able to coach others so other process owners through making the the trade-offs that you have to make between one set of design decisions and another yeah
0: yeah you're right actually because um the that, that that is the risk of having um somebody you know somebody that's been in an organization they've got an awful lot of corporate knowledge and this is really this is an important point the person that is spearheading this program supported by a number of, of, of different roles and we talked about Key roles before in previous episodes as well for, yeah. to deliver a successful program. That person has good corporate knowledge of of, of the organisation they're trying to push this um, change through. But it's they, you know there there are an awful lot of good practice out there. So we'd encourage any of these individuals to go out and reach out to to other organisations that have gone through similar uh, transformation challenges and experiences before, and what what does good look like for them, and actually bring that thinking into your uh into your organization and drive that through your work stream leads and actually the other thing is encourage your workstream leads as well if process owners to do the same yes um, yeah absolutely so that you've got sort of you've got innovation being driven you know it, it, being driven into your design that's been probably explored and elsewhere so don't reinvent the wheel because you don't don't need to i think the other thing is um whilst it's really important that, that transformation
1: mm. lead is is you know on mm. on the payroll and, mm. and is, is really holds themselves to account for for delivering the 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 benefits, they 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 can often need that support. So that's as you touched on it, that's where the program director program manager, the that external person coming in yeah. or or even uh, actually getting getting some external advice yeah. very specifically around solution design. Yeah, uh, and into those kind of design authority type meetings. Uh, yeah, somebody that's got that blend of uh, operational experience and program and transformation experience who's been there and done it before. But you don't necessarily—they don't have to be
0: full time on the no, program. no, absolutely. And and actually, having somebody alongside you that can identify where the trapdoors are likely to be. Yes, um, it's because th- these individuals that are program these program leads wouldn't have been wouldn't wouldn't have had huge amount of experience doing this elsewhere yeah so uh, yeah tap into those experts out in the market um to just get that different perspective i think you're absolutely right the other the other thing is um there is always a risk that um individuals trying to solve business problems um that affect you know just just them um and the pains that they're trying to cause and they will sort of start going around in circles and and dying trying to die in ditches over things you yes know. um so having that external perspective um just sometimes just helps bring a little bit of common sense i guess into into your design thinking yes yeah it, it is so easy to get trapped in rabbit um, holes yes, just going yeah. down rabbit holes and uh um and And I used to you know always say like, let's focus on let's not focus on a minutia um let's let's design for the majority, yes, not yeah. for the minority um yeah. let's find a way of dealing with the minority because those nuances and those things exist in a business that you need to take account of um you know a particular business unit might work in a certain way yeah. you've got, you don't ignore that, but don't design your end state to account for the complexity that's driven out of that business unit for their particular reasons so it's just things like that and it's it's easy it's really easy to in design workshops and design sessions when you've got a multitude of people in a room um with different perspectives and different uh, ideas um about what good looks like it's easy to sort of go down rabbit holes
1: yeah i think it's also easy to for for teams to get um, focused on boundary conditions and mm. designing for the one in five hundred chance that somebody Some, might do something yeah. that that needs control, or you know, and putting too much, uh, too many approvals to to
0: the governance, to, yeah, yeah, too much
1: governance around something, and and just taking proportionate approaches to risk mm. can. Kind of go out the window as as people start saying, "Oh wow, we can, we can do all this amazing stuff. We can put in all these automated controls, all this you know Mm. oversight
0: uh, because we we've never had it before because our our previous typically systems wouldn't allow us to do it." The other thing is, it's like remembering that you're not putting something in for your own use; you're putting in you're putting something in for somebody else to use.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. That real kind of customer centric design, exactly. Um, and i think that's actually a really good good point to talk about it because mm. uh, uh, actually taking a customer centric design approach rather than a system design approach yeah. is really key because in the world of of saas now the most people if they're implementing a system these days are going to go for a cloud solution yeah. you know more or less yeah um uh, it's been great on one hand because you can be up and running really quickly mm. um, but it does suck that, that time and attention into focusing on systems in a lot of cases but uh, you know, that speed to deployment's great on one hand, on the other though you've only got limited time to think about all the other stuff you know, mm. all those off system processes, the policies, as we talked about, the work instructions, the how-to guides, the the user experience of mm. of this new system with its processes and its mm. its new ways of working that it's gonna bring in. Um and you can spend less time on the change because yeah. of, you, not can, you have less time to yeah, spend yeah. on the change. So really thinking about that
0: customer centric
1: design before you get into the systems yeah. piece is really,
0: really important. Yeah. It is easy to sort of design things to solve the, your own problem. Yeah. Um, because, you know, in a, in, a, in, a trans- in a finance transformation process program or an HR transformation program or a procurement one, you're ultimately trying to design, you're designing uh, processes that are a finance procurement or HR processes. And it's easy to sort of sit there in a room and go, okay, what we want to do is make a, our lives a little bit easier. Yes. Um, by uh, doing every, putting self-service on everything yeah. um, and outsourcing almost outsourcing everything we do to. To, to the business line, yeah, to line managers because they're they're not busy yeah. people. No, yeah. They don't have
1: important yeah. roles to do in the organization. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah, let's outsource everything we do and make make the line managers responsible for for everything. And and there's a difference between accountability and responsibility. Mm. They can be accountable, but don't necessarily have to do everything. Yeah, I, I always I always say we have to have the right balance between who does what um so yeah not don't and if a procurement function a finance function and an hr function are all doing going through transformation at the same time and have got the same ethos of let's move everything over to to the business line yeah them to do everything it's an awful lot of change to land in a business at one point yes. so you've got and and in with cloud technology especially you can be up and running in 12 months yeah or sooner. Well, so if it, if it's a big transformation program across all functions, oh yeah, yeah. it will probably take you a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, eight, nine nine to twelve months. Yeah. you're up and running. Yeah. Um. So, it's an it's not an awful lot of time to change hearts and minds of people. <laughs> yes. Um. Um. Across an organisation, and it's especially um, when you don't actually know from the very outset what the end state's going to look like because yeah. you're still architecting. Yeah. So engage your the business in your architect phase as much as possible. Yes.
1: In in the right way though, because you don't want to cast a thousands. No, no, in no, your absolutely. design workshops. You you Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. You need to find those mechanisms of playing back to the business some of the design decisions you're 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 making and the impact of these design decision these, these design decisions will have on your business yes. find a way don't don't present don't do all the design in a dark room and then go ta yes this is what it's going to look like yeah. uh, because you might have you, know, you might have feedback and you might have a point of view from the business that goes, actually, you haven't thought about this. Yeah, You have to go back to the drawing board. And you do not want to be going back to the drawing board because inevitably it means delays to projects. Yes, everything needs to get retested. Every, yeah, it's yeah, yeah It's, it's, it's weeks and weeks, if not months, of delay. So do your architect. Before you start pushing a whole load of design into a system or into changing your processes, play back these design decisions to the business Make sure that the business understands the impact on the cha- on on the people and all the change aspects. Make, making sure that the business really understands that, and then sort of get almost validation that this would land well if it was designed like this, and yes. then go away and start to to push um, design into in start iterating the design across your various systems that you're trying to implement.
1: Yeah, and I think I think you can do that really quickly. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't need to be it, a, you know, absolutely. It, it could be a month, maybe two yeah. of of doing some of that off system before you even engage with the system absolutely. integrator, get them in the room. Before you do that, that's where your your customer centric design piece comes yeah. in. And and there's lots of good processes out there for doing it. You know, there's uh, value proposition design there's user experience design mm. uh, you know customer centric design there's lots of them but it all starts with the customer mm. and creating a number of personas so getting your design team together your, your process owners your yeah. design authority together create those personas and then linking back to the requirements that you mm. you gather during the scoping phase they should give you the insight that you mm. need to to really define those personas well Uh, And then once you have those personas, you can spend time identifying, well, what are the tasks they're trying to complete? Mm. What are the pains that they've got today? And what are the outcomes that they're trying to achieve? What are the gains they're trying Mm. to achieve? Mm. And once you've got those tasks, pains and gains, you can prioritize them. Mm. What's essential and what's nice to have? And involve the business in mm. that. The people that represent these personas have we got it right? Could test it, mm. you know, do the work, and then get them involved, test it. Uh, and you can then, mm. once you've got that 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 agreement that yeah, these are the things that are hurting us today. This is what we're trying to achieve, and this, this is the work that we need to mm. get done. Start mapping out how the changes to processes, policies, systems, org structures, whatever. Mm is going to alleviate the pains, help us get to the gains, mm. and, and create that mapping. Mm. Now, there won't be a one-to-one on all of it. There, there are certain things that your program will not address, yeah. and that helps you be clear with people. Yeah. We're going to help you achieve these things. We're going to take away this pain, but we're not going to address yeah. you know, how you book your expenses, because it's out yeah. of scope. Yeah. Um, but that really does help. Um, engage people up front Mm. to set the parameters, the the design, the architecture that you need Mm. to put in place. Um, And it allows you to prototype it. So and even before you get to the systems, yeah. just be clear with people. Okay, we've we've drawn some stuff on paper. Yeah, this is this is a, a description of how the world works, and we've tested it along the way. Does this look right? You yeah. know is is this is this going to help you? You know, deliver your 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 profit number or mm. your, your your revenue number? Is this going to help you deliver
0: your program yeah. to your customer? Yeah, exactly. And then and then you'll have a, obviously the technology will be put in front of you, and you might have to make adjustments to to some of that based on the cap- capabilities and of the system. Sometimes to deliver one of those outcomes that you express at the very beginning. And this is really important that people do this. It's really important that people get in a room before any technology is put in front of them to to do this. This is not this is not a type of activity that you do with the system's sort of partners in front of you. Yeah. This is pre, this is almost what we call phase zero. Yes, yeah. getting the groundings right for for getting a system integrator into a room or or a, or a partner to start making design decisions, it will help you make those design decisions. Will, those workshops will be a lot run a lot smoother. You'll crack through that that activity a lot a lot more effectively than being in a room. Trying to sort of make design decisions on the fly. Yes, don't yeah. do that. This is really, really, really key. And, and seek some professional facilitation
1: yeah. around those meetings. Uh, unless you've been through this process yeah. before, it, it, you don't. It's very difficult yeah. to find your way through it, as well as facilitating the
0: the, the session. So if, it's worth you, bringing in it is, some yeah. outside help. And if you're bringing in outside help that have got experience in in that in a technology that you're trying to implement. It will help you mitigate some design decisions that you might be making in, a, in, in, in white space, really, that will actually, you know, that don't waste your time making that design decision because the system is not going to be able to cope with it. Yes, yeah. Um, whilst you don't want the, uh, you know, it, it's not about draw, drawing stuff on a blank piece of paper because the technology will come along, especially if you're implementing a cloud system like an Oracle or a Workday or or a SAP or a uh, HANA, actually, isn't it? S4 HANA, yeah. Yeah. So if you're implementing a cloud-based deck... Um, they are restricted. They don't have huge amount of flexibility. you are not designing in white space. This is about getting principles right. Yes. Um, and sometimes, when you're in the midst of a of a of, of it, you know designing in in technology, it's okay that that your processes and your systems might change because the user experience wouldn't be great. Mm. Um, but it's okay. But you're you're going into it with a core set of principles about right this is what i want our future state to look like because it's going to deliver these benefits yeah now technology supplier or technology vendors help us achieve that yes yeah
1: yeah Um, but you've had that realism as part of your overall customer-centric design of some some input from somebody that knows how you know what the the constraints are of the system that you're going to implement because there's no point as you say designing some fantastically wonderful blue sky set of services processes if the technology just can't support it it just doesn't do it or it doesn't do it in that way um now we we did touch upon the uh, that kind of how how you go out and how how you get the business engaged in into mm. these design uh, design workshops. I, I don't mm. don't put them in the room, but you need to go out and mm. you know once you've designed stuff, get get them engaged. Uh, I think there's that business interaction, but there's also in in any sizable organisation, uh, especially in international mm. organisations, there's that dynamic of. Uh, global of country yeah. of regions and then you know business lines business units divisions mm. whatever and finding a way of um, building a, a a a set of design governance or mm. design inputs and testing and you know feedback mm. the that, that allows you to have a small and focused group of people in a room able to make decisions quickly mm. but then those those can be very uh, effectively tested out with a broader group. Mm. So we've, mm. in the past, used uh, a kind of a global process owner model. So yeah. you have global bro- process owners, okay. country process yeah. owners, or Local. business unit mm. cro- yeah, process owners. Mm. Uh, I think it's probably worth just touching on just some of the, some of the
0: the ways that works and and why you mm. want to go about mm. it. Definitely, yeah. I mean, um, ultimately, the global. It's like a. It's um, especially in you know, in federated businesses. Mm. Um, implementing global design in federated businesses is, isn't easy, and and a lot of these uh, systems processes. When you're you're designing, you're not digit, you're not designing a process at level two. You're designing a process at you know fairly detailed level because the system is going to do an, these new systems will do an awful lot of the transactional uh, processing of data for you. Yeah, um, and a lot of a lot of countries have got. Clearly, they've got their regulatory constraints that they've got to sort of abide uh, by, yeah. um, and and naturally the that global process design needs to take into account the, the regional nuances. Always, it's it's normal. Uh, it's just that those regional nuances can't become the design, uh, and the proce- the global process owner has to have the right, um, I guess, um, gravitas. Um yeah.
1: Yeah, um, and people need to respect their, you know, they yeah. need to be well respected within the organization. They need to be well connected, known. Yeah.
0: So that they 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 are and they are ultimately accountable for making the design decision that takes into account the various country perspectives, um, and or business unit perspectives, whatever those might be. It might be even in a single country, in a federated business model mm. with different business units in one country, yeah. all operating differently on different brands, et cetera, et cetera. How do you bring all of that together? You know, it's it is not easy. It's yes. not, e- and especially if your as is world is everything is done differently everywhere. Yeah, um, moving yeah, to a absolutely. common, you know, you know, moving to a common platform. Um, you know, expenses might get approved by fifty people in one business unit and no approvals in yes. another business yeah. unit. And how do you get to a common place? Um, in a common sort of governance structure or com- common delegated authority delegation of authority in spend, yeah you know, it, it, these things think of these things right up front yes don't don't start um don't be surprised when you've got the system integrator in a room asking you a question, so what's your um delegation of authority uh, on spend? And yeah, ooh, I don't know. Yes. Well, it's this in this country,
1: it's that in another country. Uh, yes. It's, uh, it, but in this business unit in France, it's one thing, but yeah.
0: somewhere else, it's another. You, you will. Yeah. That's it. You, yeah. You're the, the, you know, have got, got to align before oh, yeah. that. That, pro, that program would be a nightmare. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That align, align. Yeah. Align policy, align process, align principles. Do all of that work up front. Yeah. You're listening to the Underscore Transformation Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Underscore, the transformation capability specialists. To find out more,
1: visit underscore-group.com. Yeah, and you know it's possible to build that level of complexity into a system. Uh, it's just it's going to be a nightmare to support. Yeah, you know it might add some value,
0: uh, but probably be problematic. I, I would I would doubt that any any organisation that's going through a transformation program of any kind would want to retain any that level of complexity yeah.
1: but you see it happen yes, yes you do yes you do. It use happened. this as an opportunity <laughs> yeah. to
0: address some of these and some in, let me like, let's be let's be clear that in some areas absolutely is valid you know yeah. there's some real good business reasons why you'd have something that that's different because that business it, it generates there's value in it we always talk about a design principle well if, if you create if something creates so much value in the in a, whether it's a policy or a process or a way of working, if something creates so much value in an organisation, in a business unit, in a, in a global business, could that same value be rec- rec- recreated across all the other business mm, units? Yeah, it's a question that you have to ask. You know, if yeah. it's so valuable for that business unit, why can't we deploy that same thinking elsewhere? Um, so yeah, it's just it's it's having that sort of flexibility in your uh, and agility in your in, in your thinking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's really really important, and I think having the, having those feedback
1: loops is really key, so as a sponsor or a transformation leader or as a program director i 'd want to know and be confident mm. that the global process owners are having these regular weekly conversations with their group of country process owners and they're mm. they're looking for these opportunities to to you know take good or best practice mm. to to reach these compromises and uh, that that those kind of regular drumbeat of uh, of process owner um, decision making groups mm. are are meeting regularly before mm. you get to 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 designing technology, mm. so they need to have formed into their own mini team yeah and they they know each other they, there's there 's trust there mm.
0: and they 're able to work through problems together effectively. What will happen if that engagement doesn 't take place is you implement a um, a global process, or so it would seem. Yes. Because yeah. actually what's going to happen is the local countries will retain their local ways of working, their yeah. local systems, their local tools, their local processes, um, and they'll probably feel, many many of our listeners might not agree with this, um, they might feel that actually something's been imposed on them from corporate or from yeah. group that we we'll just have to, to, to update a system just to keep everybody happy, but actually locally we'll keep doing whatever we've been doing um, for however long yeah, and surprisingly the benefits aren't realised benefits aren't realised, the change isn't embedded and, and actually this adds operational um, inefficiencies and, and, and cost yeah, so as a practical tip for a transformation
1: lead, make sure you check in with the country process owners
0: just do dip checks
1: here and there yeah. just make sure how's it going, what's happening yeah. you know, and, and you know just get their feedback
0: and if you find these regular weekly meetings aren't happening you need to intervene Yes. Um, and uh, if a sponsor is sitting there um, nervous about uh, how this is progressing or how this is landing and is our message landing across the countries Are our countries really, or our business units, are, are they taking note of what we're doing? Maybe set up a call uh, yeah. and you host a call and you invite the entire program team, the country representatives onto a team and just have a Chat with them,
1: yeah, yeah, um, and
0: and sponsors are having a random chat with people, and
1: yeah. and you know the uh, please do it,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely, it, yeah, it, set up, it, it set absolutely, set up, set up um, dialogue, uh, dialogue channels, um, or ch- or set up channels of dialogue with mm. those, the extended pro- project team, um, and it's it's just to make sure, um, that the the country project team takes. Accountability, or the business units, also take accountability for what they're being asked to do. Um, because, in, in, especially in global programs, it is easy to be, you know, in a, in a very remote country, uh, tail end of a, of, of, a, of 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 an of an organization, and go, "Well, this doesn't really impact me. I'll just sort of attend a call here and there, and and I'll deal with it when it when it lands." Yeah it's 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 not great yeah. um so yeah it, it does uh, it does become and and the other thing actually when we're talking about design um especially in in large organizations do global design mm. don't design uh, especially in organizations where they do, they're, perhaps they're we're phasing the deployment of something you know, where they're phasing a, a deployment of an ERp or whatever yeah um don't don't do it don't Pilot it. Don't do a pilot. Let's, let's, let's design the processes for this particular country and then roll it out globally. Yes. Don't yeah. do that. Do global design. In an organization that wants to implement the change globally, make sure you, global, you do global design
1: yes yeah because otherwise you have a pilot country with a, a whole set of processes that are, work, all work brilliantly, work perfectly for that yeah. country and, and then, then you, you p- rolled on to the next <laughs> one and yes. it all changes and yeah. you roll on to the next one and it all changes and, yeah. and
0: we, you have 15 different iterations of, uh, of design yeah um, and I'll
1: guarantee at some point you'll go oh we, we need a different instance now yeah. we're, we're, yeah. we're going to have to have a, a, a fundamentally different version yeah. of this technology yeah. because it's just so different here yeah yeah, it goes wrong. Really, it does really go quickly. wrong, yeah.
0: Um, I've seen many, many programs and, and where systems get designed, um, and actually a lot of it is not even transformation. A lot of it is maybe an operational system. Mm. Um, uh, an operational system that gets, that, that's, that's replacing a, a legacy system um, gets designed for a business unit, uh, constrained to a small group of people, and they design it beautifully to fit all their pro- business processes. Yeah. And you try to roll that out. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. You're so going to get certain. You're going to get resistance from from the business units you, you're landing this into. We're saying, well, you've not taken into account any of my requirements. So mm-hmm. yeah, just just be mindful. Anything that you're trying to design, design globally. Yeah. Even if it doesn't hit that particular region or country or business unit until two or three years down the line. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Involve them in the requirements gathering and the
1: design right yes. up front. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll draw to a close in a second, but before yeah. we do, and I'm sure we've mentioned this on other episodes, but it, the point bears uh, repeating. Mm. So as you get into this system design, you need to be really clear about the roles of the, the people involved mm. and very specifically the role of your process owner mm. uh, owners and the role of the system implementation partner. Mm. So... In really
0: simple terms, yes. what is the role of the system implementation partner to build a system to your specification yeah that's that's to configure yeah, that's it, that's yeah. all they do you give a they, they sit in front of you and ask you, what would you like me to do?" I'll give you options as to you know if you if you're contemplating certain things or'd oh, like maybe I'd like to to design a process in this way, I'll give you options as to what the system can and can't do, yeah. But it's not my decision. Yes. To to you know, ultimately, you're the person who, who makes that decision. Yeah.
1: It's the it's the process owners who are accountable and responsible yes. for making the design decisions that that affect how um, efficient, how effective, uh, how robust the the system design, the data that yeah. it produces, uh, the the outcomes, the the benefits that it delivers mm. to to the business. It's not the system
0: integrator, and the system integrator is not going to give you what um, best practice on on process. They yeah. they will have a view because they will have designed many of processes in other organisations as yeah. they as they've implemented the system in across other businesses. But they're they're not the 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 describing best practice, and and many organisations make that mistake, don't they? They yeah. make that mistake. They, they they think that the system implementer, the system integrator is there to sort of um, guide them on what does good look like. You need to have defined what good looks like yourself in phase zero. Yeah. Yeah. Your destination, you need to have articulated what your destination is before you have a system integrator in front of you. Yes, yeah. So
1: because that accountability sits with the process owners, you've got to make sure that the people that you second into those roles have got the skills, the tools, the knowledge, Mm. the mindset even – um, to make the best possible architecture design decisions yeah. that they can and to take personal ownership and accountability for the outcomes of the yeah. decisions that they make. And, and they also need to be comfortable that they're not going to get it right first time. That yeah. What you go live with it, is going to need further work, it's going to need further mm. iteration, and they need to be leading that charge as the programme team
0: leave. Yeah, yeah. and that's, that's, that's right, Jason, isn't it? Because we, we often um a lot of these individuals are in in many cases op- oper- responsible for an operation yeah um and you're asking them to be a global you know a, a global design thinker yeah um and um and the mindset is sometimes isn't there so there are um you know before you 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 venture into making you know running these workshops and facilitating workshops make sure that the, the, these individuals are skilled and equipped and And they might be the right person, the right individual because of where they sit in the organization, because of the corporate knowledge that they hold. But equip them with with a different set of skills. Yes, yeah. Design thinking skills, um, managing conflict because that will happen. Yes, yeah. Influencing. Influencing without authority, yeah. Yeah. So... Um, you know, uh, making you know, getting dis- getting decisions without necessarily having the authority. So, influencing skills like you yeah, said,
1: basic basic project planning, project management, not not yeah.
0: Prince doing that sort of yeah, thing. But yeah, just ba- understanding, basic understanding the principles and, and you know, understanding what's a risk, what's an issue. Yes, um, yeah, the difference between the two. Just having that that type of um, that toolkit. You need that toolkit to go alongside the responsibility and accountability that you hold. Yeah. Um, so yeah, make 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 sure program sponsors, program leads, make sure that the, your, your work stream leads have got your work stream leads or your process owners have got the toolkit. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So in in summary
0: for for this week's episode.
1: We, we've covered off the fact that you mm. need to have done the work during the scoping phase to define your vision, your design principles, your strategic objectives that are going to really drive the, this yeah. architecture design um, work that, you, that you're going to do. Um, you really don't want to be making those those decisions as you're doing detailed design, uh, so do it up front. Even yeah. if you haven't done it dur- during scoping, give yourself time to yeah. to kind of really get those big architectural pieces in place. Um, and and make sure that your process yeah. owners are absolutely in place, that you, if you're a global organization, that you have clearly defined global country, country business, local yeah. process owners, and that those teams have been well formed before you get into detailed design. And assuming that technology is in scope, and generally it is at mm-hmm. these things, before you get your system integration partner, uh, implementation partner engaged, make sure you've really focused on that customer-centric design. So you've you've worked it through, you've engaged people in the business. In that that kind of high-level design, you've prototyped things, that, that yeah. you've got that feedback and Uh, you've done um, as much alignment as you possibly can before you get into that detailed Mm. design. And and the final thing is as as you're into that kind of Mm. system implementation, be really clear about what your role is as the the customer and uh, making Mm. those design decisions and what the role is of the implementation partner, which is to uh, turn those decisions into technical reality. Yeah. And that's it. That's Uh, it. Yeah, yeah I don't it anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and the final thought to leave you on is make sure that you know your process owner teams have got the the right skill set, tool set, mindset to to um be effective in these new roles.
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean it's a huge topic. We've we've probably just skimmed the surface of it. Yes. Um,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and staying on uh, the the topic of implementation partners mm. for next week, they are one of a multitude of suppliers that you would probably have to your your um, your transformation programme. So next week we're going to talk about how to get the best out of suppliers mm. that, that support your programme team and uh, your transformation. So please tune in next week.
0: Uh, Thanks for listening. We really appreciate your support. So this episode focused on one of 10 critical success factors in a build phase of transformation. If you'd like to be at the front of the queue for next week's episode, please hit the subscribe button and don't forget to like the show if you found it useful. If you have any questions or opinions you'd like to share, please contact me, Joales, on LinkedIn or via our website underscore hyphen group dot com.